This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me for our daily Bible study. I'll be reading from Mark chapter 8 of the World English Bible today. In those days when there was a very great multitude and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to himself. And he said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have stayed with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away fasting to their home, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come a long way. His disciples answered him, From where could one satisfy these people with bread here in a deserted place? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves. Having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to serve, and they served the multitude. They had a few small fish. Having blessed them, he said to serve there also. They ate and were filled. They took up seven baskets of broken pieces that were left over. Those who had eaten were about 4,000. Then he sent them away. So once again, we see Jesus has a hungry crowd. And he told his disciples that he had compassion on them because they didn't have food. And I think the disciples' answer is a little funny. They said, well, where could one satisfy these people with bread here in a deserted place? Now, surely they remembered the last time that Jesus had fed a multitude. It, it sounded sounds to me like a passive request for another miracle. And so Jesus took their seven loaves and he fed all the people. And when he was finished, those seven loaves were more than adequate. In fact, once it had been seven loaves, after feeding thousands of people, there were seven baskets of scraps remaining. Verse 10, immediately he entered into the boat with his disciples and came into the region of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came out and began to question him, seeking from him a sign from heaven and testing him. He sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Most certainly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. So the the Pharisees, they, they're confronted with the miracles and the teachings of Jesus and they don't want to believe that they they continue to justify their unbelief and so uh, well we 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 need to be sure give us another sign if you're really the messiah if you're really the christ and so no amount of miracles or signs will ever be enough to convince a heart that's set on unbelief jesus did what no one had ever done he taught with authority that no one had ever had and yet it wasn't enough for them verse 13 he left them and again entering into the boat, departed to the other side. They forgot to take bread, and they didn't have more than one loaf in the boat with him. He warned them, saying, Take heed, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. They reasoned with one another, saying, It's because we have no bread. Jesus, perceiving it, said to them, Why do you reason that it is because you have no bread? Don't you perceive yet, neither understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, don't you see? Having ears, don't you hear? Don't you remember when I broke the five loaves among the 5,000? How many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They told him 12. And when the seven loaves fed the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They told him seven. He asked them, don't you understand yet? So the disciples have completely missed what the Lord's saying because they're making plans to buy bread and then Jesus warns them about leaven. Well, Jesus was warning them about something far more poisonous than, uh, uh, more dangerous than a poisoned lunch when he warned his disciples of the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. 
Yeast is used several times throughout the scripture uh, to describe bad doctrine or uh, justifying bad or sinful habits or hypocrisy because they can consume a person or spread through a church or through a fellowship. And so think of the people he mentioned. Herod had enjoyed hearing John the Baptist until John preached against something that Herod was doing. And he didn't repent. In fact, he had eventually had John the Baptist beheaded. And now he was hoping to see Jesus because he wanted to see Jesus do a miracle. He was hoping it was John the Baptist risen from the dead so he could see these great things he had heard. Um, But we don't see him coming to Jesus uh, and seeking to be made right with God. We don't see him hungering or thirsting for righteousness. We don't we don't see him ever humbling himself. Um the Pharisees the same way. They had seen the many miracles of Jesus. They had heard his teaching as I mentioned and then he had rebuked them specifically, but they did not repent. Instead, they're just asking for more signs. I just need a little more before I commit everything so that I can really believe and know I'm making the right decision. Well, there's never going to be enough signs. So though the disciples had plenty of reason to believe uh, with all that they had seen, the disciples themselves, we know that in the end, Judas walks away. So they had plenty of reason to believe But men can always find a reason to doubt, especially if they allow sin to harden their hearts. Verse 22, he came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. He took hold of the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village. When he had sped on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. He looked up and said, I see men, for I see them like trees walking. Then again, he laid his hands on his eyes. He looked intently and was restored and saw everyone clearly. He sent him away to his house saying, don't enter into the village nor tell anyone in the village. So this is an interesting miracle. First, because Jesus sped in his eyes instead of simply commanding him to be healed. And second, because he didn't completely heal him the first time that he laid hands on him. Now, Why was that? Was it because the man lacked faith to be completely healed initially? Or was the Lord teaching some type of lesson to his disciples about continuing to believe and not settling for less than what you need God to do? I'm not sure, but I know that when the Lord begins a work, he's faithful, he's just, and he's certainly powerful enough to finish it. Sometimes we need a second touch. And so if you feel like that's you, then go back to where you got the first touch. Just go back to Jesus and ask him in faith believing uh, to meet your needs. Verse 27, Jesus went out with his disciples into the villages of, of Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? They told him, John the baptizer. Others said Elijah, but others, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you are the Christ. Now, remember when Jesus uh, had marveled that they had missed the point of the first time he he fed the multitude with the loaves. And then he walked on the water and it says specifically that they just didn't get it. They had missed the loaves. They didn't understand. They were saying, what in the world? Who is this man? And then now there's 
another time that he feeds uh, and he says, are your hearts still hard? Are you, are you still not ready? And then that leads into this warning about um, warning them not to become unbelieving and needing more signs like the Pharisees. Now we kind of see what Jesus was leading into because now Jesus is asking them to confess what they believe about him. He says, who do men say that I am? Boy, they can answer that. And then he says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up. Sometimes it's hard to express with confidence what you are hoping to be true. Peter believes it and is willing to confess it. Christianity is a a confession religion. Uh, And so you have to speak what you believe. Peter spoke up and he said, you are the Christ. Verse 30, he commanded them that they should tell no one about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke to them openly. Peter took him and began to rebuke him, but he, turning around and seeing his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you have you have in mind not the things of God, but the things of men. He called the multitude to himself with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever will lose his life for my sake and the sake of the good news will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? And forfeit his life. For what will a man give in exchange for his life? For whoever will be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man also will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Now, we know that Jesus had limited the demons confessing him. He had healed people and and told them to be careful who they told. and, And when they hadn't obeyed. Uh, he had been so overrun by the multitude that he had to uh, find him a deserted place. And so Jesus is balancing meeting the needs of the people and having compassion with his commission to go and to to preach. His purpose is to go from city to city and to be able to preach and to preach openly and call them to repentance. And and so he, the disciples at this point, I guess, have seen him stop uh, the people from immediately testifying of their healing, or at least that he had been the one that healed them so so that he could perform his ministry. So I'm sure at first that surprised them, but, but now they're familiar with that. But then whenever Peter makes this great confession, you're the Christ, it probably caught him by surprise when he said, okay, now don't tell anybody. Um, because Jesus had a work to do, and he wasn't trying to excite national fervor. Uh, eventually, it would be essential for the Jews to believe and to see that he truly was their Messiah. But he had a message that they needed to hear first. And so the Jews had always envisioned the Messiah was going to bring in this sweeping victory and restore their nation and and overthrow their their captives and so after Peter's confession Jesus explains well actually my victory is going to come in a little different way I'm going to suffer I'm going to die and even Peter he tries to stop him no don't that's not how it's going to be Lord 
And Jesus rebuke said he he told Peter, "Get behind me, Satan." And what was Peter's great sin? Well, he didn't know the mind of God. And so he he was thinking about the things of men. He was dreaming about uh how Israel would be restored and how the Lord would just ride in glory and and so he was thinking how he would want it to be the things of men the things of the flesh and and inadvertently this would interfere with the plan of God so then Jesus teaches them what it means to follow him he said you must take up your cross you must lose your life to save it what is the profit if you gain the whole world but you lose eternal life that's a question for us so what are you chasing after he warned if if you're ashamed of him and his words think of the words that he just shared with them he called them to commitment and even to suffering for the gospel's sake then he would be ashamed of you when he comes in glory let's pray and ask the lord that we would have that kind of commitment we wouldn't be like the pharisees and herod and the others that always needed a little more a little more god show me a little more and then i'll be willing to follow then i'll be willing to believe then i'll be willing to do what you ask but instead to to simply obey the lord confess the lord do his ministry even if it cost us and believe that the reward is yet to come. Let's pray together. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray that you would help us to fulfill your call. I pray that we would boldly declare you to this generation. Thank you in advance, Lord, for what you're going to do in my life and in the lives of the listeners of this podcast here today. We pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Join me again tomorrow for another episode.